Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. This morning, uh, we want to look at the, uh, a, a familiar passage of Scripture, and it's interesting. I had, I had a, a gentleman that, uh, I don't know how old he is. He is, he is he's up there, up there. And, uh, and quite a man of the Word of God, and, and he came by to just let me know that he had not fully seen things from this passage that I brought out. So, so uh, I, I, uh, I, you know, if, if I can, if, if God can bring insight and it can bless even those who have been in this for ages, come on, we can all go to the Bible, go to the Word of God, and it speak to us something fresh and new even in a familiar passage like this. So we're going we're gonna to do that this morning. Here in Luke's gospel, we're going to look at Jesus to us, Jesus to the world. In Luke chapter 2, starting there in verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Come on, how many of you, that'd freak you out too if an angel showed up? But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a, lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened and which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had, had been told. This is an incredible you know, passage that I know that most of us are very familiar with. But in this, there is, there is something that, that I, just, I just believe that God wants us to have some understanding concerning the, this Christmas message to the shepherds and how it can relate and speak to our lives. And when you think about just God's intentional declaration of the Christmas story of Jesus coming into the earth, that he chose to go to shepherds. See, to me, uh, that, that's, that's, that's amazing because 
when you really look at the job of a shepherd, especially back then, it wasn't, it wasn't the most uh, uh, glamorous position for sure. And uh, matter of fact, you, you, you know, when you really look at it, you know, even with King David, I mean, think about David as a young boy. Samuel is, has gotten orders from God to go anoint the, the new king. And so he goes to Jesse's house. He asks Jesse to call up all his sons and calls all those sons up. And, and here's Samuel. And Samuel, he's looking on the outward. And he looks at, the, at this, this one son and he's going, surely, I mean, this handsome, I mean, you know, specimen of a man. This has got to be the anointed one. And he, nope, God says, not him. And he goes right down the list and he, and he looks at Jesse and he's like, wait a minute. You know, the new king isn't here. Do you have another son? And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we got David. He's he's with the sheep. (laughs) He's just watching the sheep. He's just a shepherd. He's like calling. We're waiting. And sure enough, it was the shepherd boy that was anointed. You know, God looks at so much from a different perspective than what we do. We can look at life, look at ourselves, look at others, and, and, and have a very different perspective. And, but yet, think about this. God chose shepherds. I remember in April, you know, there was a group of us, a small group, and we were with our walking encyclopedia, Pastor Olin Griffin. <laughs> and we were in Israel. Uh, he's lived in Israel. He's been over there, you know, for so many years and doing so many tours. And, and it was just so rich. And, and at one point, we went out, and we, we weren't able to go into Bethlehem, you know, being in the West Bank. But we went right up where you could see in the, in the skyline. There was Bethlehem. And we're there uh, overlooking the shepherd's fields down in the valley. And the ruins of the, of the rock stables and, and corrals, I should say, and, and where the shepherds would bring in the sheep, you know, and keep them at night and to keep them protected and safe and all those things. And, and, and we're there, and, and, I, and as I was preparing for this and I was reading back through that passage, I, I just, I tell you, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, and we're going to plan some more trips, you, you need to go. The Bible comes alive. And even though in that moment, yeah, we were there and we were looking at it and it was great teaching and great experience, but man, I mean, the after effects of it, of, of as I'm studying and, and I'm just, and I was reminiscing back at that place of there was Bethlehem where Jesus was born in a stable and where this angel appeared to the shepherds. And the heavens had filled with a heavenly choir of singing glories to God. And to be there in that moment. And, you know, in, in Western culture, sometimes we, we, we then paint pictures concerning that. And they come over to sometimes certain areas that may not fully be what necessarily the whole story or the whole look of what that is. Because notice it says these shepherds lived with the sheep. 
Now, we're out in West Texas. We, we got a better understanding, I think, of, of this. You know, I talked about this a little bit, you know, uh, last week up in Arlington. And them city folks, anyway. Come on, how many of you ever did FFA or 4-H, you know, you come on. Come on, I showed sheep. Oh, yeah, in high school, I showed sheep. Yeah, those stinky, snot-nosed, dumb. And yet God calls us <laughs> sheep. Don't get offended. <laughs> and, and, and I remember we, this one time we were, we were at the uh, stock show out here, and, uh, and there was this young gal that, uh, that she... she uh, had a crush on me, and and uh, so her and her girlfriends, you know, they showed up, and they were they were wanting us to to sneak off and go to a movie. Well, I'm 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 primping and prepping, and you know, I'm trying to make that sheep just look perfect for the judge, right? And so I had been grooming, and some of you still probably don't have the full effects of what that's like during the stock show and rodeo. Sometime, you know, just just. Take a tour in there and just maybe reach over and just love on one of them just a little bit and see what residue's left. <laughs> and, and I was like, I can't go, you know. And so they all went to the theater and, and well, I couldn't stand it. And, and so I thought, I'm going to sneak off. So, so I did. I snuck off. Well, I showed up at the theater and I'm a little late, but I go in, you know, and I sit down beside her. And it wasn't, I don't even think a minute went by until people started going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the odor. <laughs> well, you didn't have to worry about that girl going very far. She decided maybe that I wasn't quite that guy. <laughs> hey, I didn't have time to go to the house and take a shower, right? And, and yet... These shepherds lived with the sheep. Do you get the picture? And yet, God, out of all of humanity, and anyone that he could have chosen to reveal himself to, he did it to shepherds. He didn't go to the kings and the governors and the rulers of the day. He didn't go to the religious sect and find the, the rabbis and, and, and the, those of the law in the day. He went to the common person, the shepherds, that were caring for the sheep. God has a heart everyone. And, and here's what I want us to hear. You're going to hear some basic things concerning what these shepherds, I believe, the, that we can ex extract from this story and from their lives, is the first thing is, we have to see our value. See, I, 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 uh, I, I realize that so many times, I think our struggle lies more within the, 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 the place of valuing ourselves. Because 
when I've talked to people about greatness and I talk to people about their potential and talk to people about what they can actually do for God, and, and, and it's amazing the conversation comes back so many times to a place that uh, they're inadequacy. Well, they've blown it. Well, they've messed up. Well, they've, you know, qual- disqualified from this and that. And, and, and so much of, and yet, God is willing to come to just shepherds. These guys that live out among the, in the fields with the sheep. Just ordinary people that he is about to even use them to do something extraordinary. I mean, think about it. He could have sent the angel directly to Mary and Joseph on sight. Oh, no. He went to the shepherds. And there's a value that we have that we have to embrace because the realization is God has paid a precious price for our lives. And the reality is, our life is not our own. We're only stewards of the life in which God gives us. And yet, so many times, I think that even in our struggles, we, we're, we're looking to, to create adaptation and different things. And, uh, but, the, but what would happen if we truly embraced our identity in Christ, of who God created us to be, and all that God wanted to use us to do for His name, for His glory? All of a sudden, it does something for us personally, but now it allows us, I believe, when we embrace our own value, to begin to value others around us. And we begin to see their value from every walk of life to value people as he values. You know, one of the, one of the uh, traditional things that, that we do that I like to do is, come on, how many of you with me? I've already watched It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) And when you think about George Bailey, and you think about his struggle of his own failure and circumstance and and, and where he was, I mean, he, he... He felt like his life didn't matter anymore. And he was contemplating going off that bridge, and guess who shows up on the scene? Clarence. Come on. Some of us need to be a Clarence. Some of you have experienced a Clarence. Some angel working on their wings, right? Theologically, I know this isn't probably the most sound movie, but... (laughs) Every time you hear a bell, an angel gets his wings, right? (laughs) And yet, that story, It's a Wonderful Life, what it communicates is that George Bailey's life really did matter. And Clarence, his job was to be able to help George fully understand what would have happened if he didn't exist, if he wasn't there. His brother wouldn't have been saved getting out of that cold, icy water and to do all the amazing things that he did. It's so many of the people that he affected, this town, everything about George's life 
that affected people in a positive way. Your life can make a positive impact on the world around you. When we offer ourselves to God and we see the value that our life really does have, the impact of that is huge. The second thing that I, that I saw in this story is that, that it's about a personal experience with God. I mean, come on, think about this. I mean, God could have just had another John the Baptist, you know, a prophet show up and say, Thus saith the Lord. You know, there's been a, there's been a, a child that has been born, you know, a baby that's been born in Bethlehem. Oh, no, 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 no. It is this incredible encounter with God to personally experience God. That's the difference between all the other religions or faiths is Christianity, true Christianity, is about this personal experience with God. It's about being born again. It's not about some kind of, you know, external behavioral modification stuff and all this penance and all these. No, it's about embracing this relationship that, that we have with God through Jesus Christ. That's the difference. For us to personally experience God, to encounter him all the way through the Bible. When you go back to Genesis and you look at from the very beginning of creation, God wanted relationship with man. So whether you realize it or not, I kind of kind of let you in on inside thing here at the Life Church. With even the way we run our services here at the Life Church, and you look at start to finish, everything in between, all the way through, we're trying to give different moments for the opportunity for us to encounter God. It may be in the greeting. As you come through the doors, it may be in the worship. It may be in one of our host pastors like Pastor Lane did this morning with that story that relates over in the message with the different story illustrations and the things that, that, that we're sharing here um, in this content. It may be in the altar service. It may be in the worship, in the altar ministry that takes place with the prayer teams, but all the way through, we are wanting you to experience his presence, to experience, to encounter God in a very personal and a very real way. See, uh, otherwise, we get up here and just do some philosophical, you know, uh, message and, and just give theory and, and uh, talk a lot about certain things about God. But here's something that I believe is different. Is we're going to express so much from this personal experience. And when the angel showed up to the shepherds, it was, I mean, they encountered God. Now, it scared the bejeebers out of them initially. <laughs> you know, and sometimes when you encounter the awesomeness of, of who God is, and if he shows up in a big way in your, in your prayer time or 
you know, and, and, and you encounter him in some, some dramatic fashion, oh, yeah, no, it, it, I'm telling you, your flesh will melt off. <laughs> it, it, you know, you can, you know, but, but that's, that's what it's about. I mean, at, early on in this, I mean, my, my experience, uh, my, you know, introduction into Christianity is coming from an experience being translated from darkness to light to be born of his spirit, to be empowered of the, with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like I just quit doing all those bad things. No, I, there was a transformation. There was a deliverance. There was something that happened that changed on the inside. That's Christianity. And if anybody in any time you're drifting away from that and it's just this philosophical stuff and you're trying to extract some kind of Bible to bring into the culture of the day and yet you don't fully grasp the understanding, the only way we're going to change anything in this world is through a changed heart, a changed life. It begins on the inside. The preaching of this gospel it may be foolishness to the world, but it is the power of God unto salvation. I still believe it's real. Every time we show up at Easter Fest and that lady walks up from years ago that begins to share her story of praying that simplistic prayer of the salvation prayer and being delivered from alcoholism, every time prior to that she showed up at Easter Fest completely obliviated with just drunk. And yet one prayer, does it work? Oh, it's real to her. It's real to a whole lot of the rest of us. And if you've not experienced that, today's the day of salvation. And here's the last thing. Oh, wish I could spend some more time there. Here's the last thing. Is not only is it for us to personally experience this, is God wants us to share what we do know. And if you don't truly know him, how are you going to share Oh, you might be able to share some transfer of some head knowledge, of some theory or some, again, philosophical idea of what God is like. But do you know God? See, of a morning, I block out time, and I love doing this. I, the, one of the first things that I like to do is just go into our setting room or the living room if we're in Arlington, and I, and I leave the lights out. And I don't get on the device, I don't start up music, I don't start reading the Word. The first thing I do is just sit there in the dark. And I just sit in quietness. Sometimes quietness is good for our soul, especially in the world in which we live. And I'll just sit there, and I'll just be thinking about the awesomeness of God how good he has been to Walt Landers. Even in the midst of great challenges and struggles and just still, the very breath that I breathe belongs to him. And to have that kind of moment before I venture into reading the Bible, reading the Word of God and praying and maybe putting on some worship music, but to just have sometimes even that place, to just give him full place, to fill me up in a fresh way with his presence because that's the only thing that's going to really make a difference in this world. 
It's his presence. And to be a carrier of his presence, I need to spend some time with him. Come on, how many of you, you've, you've hung around somebody long enough that, that, uh, that, that they kind of, their isms or their kind of thing kind of started getting on you? <laughs> yeah. You hang out with God. All of a sudden, it starts impacting and affecting you. And believe me, if you don't budget that time, this life will make sure that you're so busy that you don't have that time. So for us to be able to share with others, we've got to know him personally. You have to encounter him. And, and let me say this, and it is beyond a feeling, because at some point it does have to go to the word of God and be anchored in what the Bible teaches, because God will never violate his word. I don't care what opinions are given, what the culture of the day is and says, what feelings are involved. You need to know what God's Word is so that you're never led astray. And there's lots of great books out there. I, I do a lot of reading, listen to a lot of audible books, and, you know, but I'm telling you, it's also about studying the truths of what the Bible has in context to say about any given subject. Because you can take the Bible and you can take it out of context and you can make the Bible say anything you want. But take it in context. Take the theme of whatever it is that you're studying and look at it. Truth will never lead you astray. And the truth that you know sets you free and free people will free people. And if you're not free, you're not going to be able to free people. So what is the Jesus that you know? Is it just a religious figure? Is it some ideology, you know, that, oh, God, you know, I mean, he, he, he exists. See, even as an unbeliever, an unsaved person, wasn't born again, I at least believed that God existed. That's what drew me to himself. That I thought, well, if anybody can help me with the messed up life that I have, <laughs> surely God can. And that journey led me into a very personal and real faith. And God is still revealing himself, still showing himself. But he's doing it through a place of wanting me to be able to share and express that to others. But is it limited to this season and being able to say, hey, you know, I mean, God came to earth as a baby, as an infant. That's awesome. That's an incredible thought. But can it get past that to the place that it says that he is Emmanuel, meaning God with us? 
God with us. When I think about who Jesus is, you see it in the covenant names and you see it relate over into the New Testament literally in every aspect of the covenant names where Jesus, where, where the Bible teaches that God and even through Jesus, he is our righteousness, he's our sanctification, he's the God who is there, he's our healer, our provider, our peace, he is the good shepherd covenant names of God, those seven covenants to be able to meditate on them, be able to take that in and know that those are, can be real in my life so that I can then share that with someone else. But you know what else? I tell you, he's a father to the orphan, a husband to the widow, and to those who are downcast, he is the hope for tomorrow. The Bible speaks in terms that he's the brightness of God's glory, the expressed image of his person, the king of glory, the pearl of great price, the rock in a weary land, in the cup that runneth over, and the rod and staff that comfort us. He is our chief shepherd and bishop of our souls, and he promised that he would never leave us and never forsake us. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. He is the one who conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's my Savior, my King and Lord, and he will return again one of these days. If you just want to celebrate with go ahead and stand up this morning. We're going to just thank God for all that he is. And as you read your Bible, read through and allow the word of God to reveal who Jesus is to you. And then share that with someone else. You know, this morning, there may be some that are here, and you're going, Pastor, wow, I want to know him. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Close your eyes just for a moment. Because something I believe that is so powerful that Walt Landers had to experience in anyone else who wants in. On the true, to become a true follower of Jesus is to surrender your life to Him. See, the Bible teaches, yes, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him, that word believe is, the, is not a mental ascent. That word believing is taking a corresponding action that I will do what the Bible teaches, to experience all that God has. Whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. To believe, to, put, to say I believe in something is to put your faith in a place that says without restraint I can put my full weight and trust on this truth. Let me tell you, the Bible teaches that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you are willing to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus up from the dead, you shall be saved. Not hope so, not maybe, but if you're willing to do that, you can experience this amazing salvation experience for yourself. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you say, Pastor Walt, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Whether it's for the first time, there may be some here and you need to rededicate your life. 
I wouldn't have to convince you. You just simply, if you did an internal inspection right now, maybe an external inspection of your life, you just know that you know, man, my life is not where it needs to be. I need to get back on course. So it may be for the first time, it may be to rededicate your life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you and you say, Pastor, pray for me. Just lift up your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Any? Yes, hands are going up. Any others? Yes, other hands. Oh, a lot of hands. Father, we thank you for each and every one of these. God, these that are making this their profession of faith today to make you Lord, Master, Ruler of their lives. Father, I thank you that they'll experience not only forgiveness of sins, but the redemption of the precious blood of Jesus that you paid for to translate them from darkness to light. And the love of God will be shed abroad in their hearts. They're never going to be the same after today as they make this their prayer and profession of faith in putting their believing, their full trust in you. Let's pray together. I want to lead you in this prayer. I want everyone to pray this out loud together. As you pray this, all I'm doing is lending you some words. You have to mean this from your heart. But I'm telling you, if you'll do it, you watch what God's going to do in your life. But let's help these that may be praying for the first time. Let's pray out loud together. Just repeat this and mean this. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, speak it out. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price, the penalty of my sin, the debt that I owed that I couldn't pay, but you paid it. I receive that today. I want to be born again. Fill me with your spirit. Take full control of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for those decisions today. Woo! Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9.15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.